Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. Hi, and welcome to another podcast for Vitality 40 Plus. Uh, Today's podcast is probably aimed at the male market, although some women might be listening just to see what their men are actually going through. So let me introduce you to Ross Tompkins, who's actually in the UK. Um, He has been a physio by trade initially, um, and has owned numerous health industries and businesses, and now is the founder of Alphagenics, and we're going to talk about the male menopause, or are we? Is it? So welcome, Ross. Thanks very much for having me, Trudy. <laughs> it's great to speak. Uh, Ross and I have uh, met in inverted commas on LinkedIn and had numerous conversations on various posts. And I absolutely love this because it's just great how we can connect with, um, you know, like-minded, like-minded professionals, industry professionals, and um, see it from all different lights. Yeah, exactly. The world has got a lot smaller, hasn't it? With, I know, uh, with, with, absolutely. With um, so let's start off. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, as many people will know when they're listening to this, is that I am obviously an ambassador for menopause and I talk about it, breathe it, sleep it. So let's talk about, is there a male menopause? That is an excellent question. And um, obviously it's quite controversial at the moment. Um Yes, there absolutely is. Um, I've been through it myself. Um, My symptoms started almost a decade ago, but more accurately, it's the andropause. Now, male menopause, however, is far more useful as a term, because if we had to educate all men about what the andropause is, you're starting from a blank canvas and men will turn off because they don't recognise the word. When you put male and menopause together, men understand what the menopause is. They've often witnessed it. They've seen their mother go through it, their wife go through it. So it's easier to educate them because they're coming from a place of understanding already. Ah, that's a that's an interesting way of looking at it, because obviously one of the biggest things that I suppose that we as women come across is that we want to educate the men on how to empathize and support us going through the menopause so you're turning that and saying well actually they're watching that so now they've got to work out you know um how it affects them per se so let's start from the beginning then so how old i mean how old and why is the male menopause andropause uh, happening 
So menopause and, and andropause, one of the big differences is how and when it happens. So the menopause, as you know, is quite a stark change in hormones um, later in a, in, a, in a lady's life uh, compared to men, who is it's a very slow decline, a one to two percent reduction in testosterone production from about the age of 30. So from a man's point of view, it's a really slow decline over many years, um, which means it's very easy to acclimatize and get used to those symptoms. So by the time they're experiencing low energy, low libido, weight gain, loss of muscle mass, um, emotional changes, they just think it's part, they just think it's part of the aging process because it hasn't been a stark, obvious change like what often happens in our um, in our uh, wives, girlfriends, mothers and friends. Okay, so we're, so we're going from 30. We're mm -hmm. reducing down slowly one to two percent. That's interesting. And just purely testosterone, I presume, is the primary function, the primary hormone on this. Yeah. Okay. So what what and when does it become a problem? Everybody's different. So declining testosterone is normal. We do change as we become more experienced. But in certain people, that can become testosterone deficiency or low testosterone. So no longer is it slowly declining. It's gone beyond that. And that's where it can become symptomatic. So whereas I think, and you'll know better than me, I think about 80% of ladies will suffer symptoms from the menopause. And that's closer to 40%, we think, at the moment with men. So over 40% of 45-year-old men will suffer from testosterone deficiency. But the fascinating and quite scary statistic is 90% of them will never do anything because they don't even realise that andropause is a thing. Wow, um, that's quite interesting. And I suppose I'm thinking about my own partner in this and thinking, mm, well, like, we've never really talked about it, you know. Um, so let, let's talk about symptoms of mm -hmm. what is normal <laughs> and then that defining to testosterone deficiency. Testosterone deficiency will ultimately be diagnosed via a blood test. Okay. Um, so, uh, but the, and the symptoms, many of the symptoms can have various sources. Um, you know, the human body, as you know, is a complex thing. So is all low energy linked to menopause or andropause? No, of course it's not. It's linked to diet, sleep, exercise, um, mental health, you know, all of these other things as well. But our hormone or hormone replacement therapy is a really important tool in someone's toolbox. Um, so what symptoms are important? Well, you know, low, it's the same male and female, you know, it's low energy, it's weight gain, it's loss of muscle mass, it's low libido, erectile dysfunction obviously is fairly specific to the man. Um, but then, then you've got um, emotional uh, changes, low self-confidence, low mood, often linked with depression. So very, very similar, but where does that become linked to low, de low testosterone and testosterone deficiency is, is a difficult um, question subjectively but luckily we have an objective measure with the blood test yes you see that's very interesting because again in the menopause we can't really state that the blood test is the way to know whether we're in menopause now in my personal journey 
yes, I had a blood test for um, my thyroid because I have low thyroid um, and I was getting it checked out. And it obviously that day, my estrogen levels were on the floor and they just said, oh, did you know you're going through the menopause? And I was like, uh, nope. Um, so I did get found out, but I get so many women who say, you know, like, how do I find out? And, yeah. and that's probably one of the most problematical ways for a doctor. So again, from a woman, they go to the doctor and they say, you know, I feel crap. <laughs> um, I've got night, you know, not so much night sweats, but a lot of it depression. Because yeah. as soon as you focus on one symptom, and I kind of like what you're saying about the, the male, you know, male symptoms as well. And um, if you start to focus on, I feel awful, I feel sad, I feel anxious, I'm not coping, then yeah. the doctor in their 10 to 15 minute slot will be listening to what you're saying at that point. They won't be saying, oh, you know, so unless you have a doctor who is, you know, um, conducive and knows about the menopause, it's very difficult for, for a lady. I mean, I, I still argue this out, by the way, because I still say, well, if you've got a 40 to 50 year old woman sitting in front of you saying she's got anxiety, stress, sadness, depression, that you might, as a doctor, think, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from a man's perspective, obviously the menopause now is obviously becoming much more prevalent, but we're still very reticent about using the word. In fact, I don't think many people do know the name andropause. So, you know, and the very generic symptoms as well. So how do we do we say to our doctors as men or as men, <laughs> you, uh, do you talk to your doctor and say, I want a blood test or are you waiting for the doctors to tell you? Um, unfortunately, you know, it is something that we're going to be a bit more proactive with and actually ask for. Um, and I don't know whether this is the same for the menopause, but the andropause isn't covered um, at undergraduates. You know, so it's not taught at university. So as you say, unless a doctor has a particular um appetite for learning about the menopause or the andropause they're probably not going to know a lot about it and of course they can't know everything so that's not a criticism um yeah. but as you say if there is a 40 to 50 year old person in front of them they're experiencing these symptoms then it would be great if actually they they offered those blood tests rather than we had to ask for them very interesting isn't it about testosterone because you're probably aware that in menopause, testosterone is not, over, uh, not offered as a hormone uh, replacement for women yeah. in the UK. Australia, yes, but not in uh, the UK. Now, you can get it, and obviously it is available if you go to a private clinic. Um, I have had three tests where I have insisted on knowing my testosterone levels because I because obviously I'm like you know want to know everything about it and three times those results have come back with no have not come back with testosterone and even my own GP has said he's like even questioned himself going did I ask for that and I said no you did ask for it because I specifically said I want to know yeah. so again it's not it's not still a little bit sort of um untalked about still taboo really now is it the same for men? Um, it, it is the same for men. So if, even if we ask for a testosterone test, often they'll say, well, you know, it's going to be low anyway. You're getting old. Just put up with the yeah. symptoms. And that's what I was told, you know, almost a decade ago. They just said, there's nothing wrong with you. The symptoms are all in your head. Kind of get on with it, really. Um, it's interesting what you say about testosterone and menopause, though, because 
estrogen is very similar for a man as well. So although testosterone is the hormone that makes a man a man in many respects, helps us go through puberty and is influential with the andropause, estrogen is a bit like kryptonite to a man. So if your estrogen goes too high or if it goes too low, you will have the same symptoms as low testosterone. So we should really be talking more about hormone optimization, hormone balance, rather than just specific hormones, either to men or to women. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you never think of men having estrogen. I mean, no, <laughs> you know, you might think you might. And I, and I, and I, I do appreciate i suppose because of my little knowledge and i I haven't done a lot of knowledge on men's composition um that that obviously too much estrogen will cause problems as well um and and the same with testosterone and the reason that i get a lot of women because testosterone is kind of like the in word at the moment so i'm on quite a few facebook support groups for menopause and i do get a little bit frustrated sometimes when people say i want testosterone i want testosterone i'm thinking well you actually haven't really sort of looked into this because yeah do you I mean, need yeah. yeah yes um so do you want to do you want to give a little um what what are the main uses of testosterone in body i mean for a man but there's obviously quite a lot of you know psycho psychiatric ones as well um, on bone density i mean is that all important for men as well of, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, testosterone um, is influential in many, many systems within the body. Um, as you mentioned there, bone density, red blood cell production, um, muscle mass, you know, these are all important and for, for far broader reasons than people often think. So if we take, for example, uh, muscle mass. Well, a lot of people there will go straight to thinking about the, the big guys down the gym, you know, are, are abusing steroids. And of course, you know, there is that negative connotation, but if we improve our musculoskeletal system that protects our joints, it protects our internal organs, it improves your posture, and that's going to have a knock on effect of improving many, many areas of your life for years and years to come. So testosterone and hormone optimization has a huge role to play in longevity medicine because we're all living longer now because of advances in medicine, but that's only useful if we're healthy. Nobody wants to live to 120 if you can't move for the last 40 years. Very true, very true. But HRT, TRT, HRT, you know, or whatever we call it, hormone optimization therapy, HOT, um, will help you live a longer, healthier, happier life by being in this um, state of balance. You see that again, a very, really interesting point, because um, I whenever I talk, whenever I talk to women about menopause and men, but, you know, men tend to not be quite so forthcoming with responses. Um, you know, you talk about hormones and we go through estrogen and we go through progesterone and we go through this. And I say to people, what do you think is their primary function? So we get periods, progesterone, everyone like looks at each other and they go, uh, uh, babies, pregnancy. You know, it's quite interesting that not that actually on all the co companies that I have taught that I not one person has said you know do you not do you know that how many uses estrogen has in your body you know how many uses progesterone has in your body you know this is nature's valium this is why our anxiety levels go through the roof um and now the same with testosterone so then we get to testosterone and everyone goes everyone looks and I've got some men in there and I'll say so you know, and everyone's scared to use the word libido. 
And I go, no, it's fine that we can use that. And that, that's what we think of. And then everyone goes, well, you know, big muscles. And then it's like, that's it. And I'm saying, well, but this yeah. is where I kind of like uh, the ignorance lies. And I suppose for us as educators, before we can start talking treatment, it's like, okay, why do I feel crap? Well, the reason you feel crap is because you have a hormone deficiency. It's not yeah. that you're going mad. It's not that, you know, something's just happened. And I'm suppose I'm, I'm thinking about that for men. Um, you know, um, again, it, it difficult as a woman, but I'm just sort of empathizing this out. So, uh, I suppose uh, being a being with a man of a certain age, you can tell muscle wastage, so yeah. you can see the testosterone decline. So it doesn't matter that now he's back on, you know, lifting that the the muscles don't pump out. And he'll say, well, you know, why haven't I got like pumped out chest anymore? What's going on? Why is it? <laughs> doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> um, and I suppose that's the instant testosterone. Um, and I think, you know. When does testosterone eventually decline off? From um, so, so, so it reduces, as I say, very slowly from the age of 30. And um, they've done lots of studies over the years. And it's very difficult, I think, to get a definitive answer to that. Because 50 years ago, the world was very different. Testosterone was a lot higher. Fertility was double what it is now. Oh. Um, it's quite scary and fascinating that if fertility continues reducing at this rate the human population actually will be in quite a lot of difficulty in another 50 to 100 years um it's literally halved in the last 50 years wow well that's it <laughs> i love these i love these podcasts because i learn something new every time um i'm assuming that's by environmental factors that is the common consensus yes so you know pesticides uh, bpas in plastic um also inside epoxy resin so you know what we use to preserve on the inside of a lot of food cans and um, all of those appear to be hormone disruptors um and particularly influential in um, reducing testosterone in men um diet has changed of course you know you're passionate about diet as am i this you know huge increase in convenient food convenience food which we all um many of us now live on you know has very little nourishment and nutritious value um and that's reducing as well um our health including our hormones mm, okay so we're going to need to look at this so firstly we're going back to my testosterone um i'm a guy go on to the doctor i don't feel right i just feel run down um maybe having problems in the bedroom but not really sure what's happening um i go to the doctor and i ask for a blood test so the blood test goes off comes back as low or lower than low i'm presuming because obviously there must be a normal band a bit like thyroxine it must be like a sort of normal band and then it, if it's dropping to the yeah. ultimate low so then what how do i get what what is, what is testosterone how do i get it not yeah, that's a good, good questions and I, I probably didn't fully answer one of your other questions before so the cognitive function aspect of testosterone is hugely important mm. and that's one of the main i think reasons why men eventually think there must be something else going on so tiredness weight gain low libido you know they're all things like maybe i'm just getting older but when cognitive function really becomes a problem and it's yeah. like thinking through soup, that, that's when I think a lot of guys do ask for help. Um, 
but to then come back onto the blood test. So it, it is interesting. There is a normal range for testosterone, which depending on the lab you use, it runs from circa eight to 28 nanomoles per liter, sometimes as low as seven, sometimes as high as 31. But what you'll see is that's a huge range. And if you're anywhere in there, you'll be coined normal. <laughs> and, and pretty much told to get on with it. Um, a lot of gentlemen will be off the bottom of that scale and the doctor will still say, well, try and eat a little bit better, you know, get some sleep and, and you'll probably be okay. It's really hard to get prescribed testosterone on the NHS. Um, optimal levels, obviously that's very different to normal. Optimal is above 20. So we're in the top third of that band. 20 to 24 appears to be where most gentlemen will feel youthful, energetic, vibrant. And um, that's where they're making quick cognitive decisions. They're able to push in the gym and the general um, the general um, feedback or one of the common side effects from gentlemen when they're in that 20 to 24 range is they have a newfound drive for life. So they want to be the okay. best husband, the best father, the best friend, the best businessman they can be. Um, and this is where, you know, we look to take people with hormone optimization therapy. So is this, so the doctors won't necessarily prescribe testosterone to men. Let's leave the women out of this because that's just another thing. How, if they do prescribe, if we do have a doctor that happens to be on it, yeah. How would what is what is it? Is it a gel spray tablets? Um, it comes in all manner of different forms. So you, you can have um, tablet form, you can have a spray, you can have a patch, you can have a gel, you can have a cream or an injectable. OK, OK. So, I mean, I spent five years in a bodybuilding gym, for want of a better word. Um, yeah. And and I saw testosterone being used, <laughs> obviously, yeah. for for what people may recognize testosterone as. As, not, not as a steroid, but as something to build up. And, and, but, and I suppose going back to women and testosterone, one of the reasons that women say, oh, I want testosterone, um, is the fact that there are some side effects to too much Well, in women. Well, and in men as well, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. So the guys down the gym, you know, they're taking abusive levels of steroid quite often. Um, so to give you an idea, testosterone will often come in a 10 mil vial. Um, that 10 mil vial lasts me 20 weeks because twice a week I inject a quarter of a mil. A lot of the guys down the gym who are using it for body composition um, reasons um, will probably get through that same amount in maybe 10 days. So oh, right. So this is okay. different. So when you're taking large amounts, um, then that can put a strain onto the body low therapeutic doses of hormone are actually cardioprotective. It improves blood flow to the smaller blood, uh, blood vessels around the body. Um, and like I say, becomes a cardioprotective treatment as opposed to something that places a strain on the body, like the gentleman that you've you know, met and experienced in the gym. Oh, right. Okay. That now I'm starting to really understand the, um, the difference in a, in a testosterone environment as in a gym environment to it being a normal to normal create a normal life exactly you so, usually when here's, here's an interesting uh, fact for you then on that subject um you hear people about having blood tests in sport for test to, to test for testosterone mm. 
a therapeutic dose such as that I'm on um, is a quarter of what would be picked up in a blood test in sport. So I could take four times the amount and possibly still pass a drugs test. Wow. So when somebody is negative on a blood test, that that isn't physiological, that they, they are taking too much and they're looking for um, an improvement in, in, in activity or body composition. Right. So when they do prove positive, that must mean that they are well over the limit then. I mean, they must be. They've taken a lot. Yeah. Crikey. Okay. Wow. So we've got the fact that we can take this in any form um, uh, in, in that. Now, the question I'm going to ask is the fact that if the doctor won't prescribe, actually, before I do that, before I do that, see, I'm doing you now, but I've, I've, I'm thinking back on optimization levels. Interesting on this because um, I just wrote some notes down there. When I, I've been under active thyroid for years, years. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, baby two, who's now 17. Um, but that was when I was diagnosed. I actually reckon baby one, I, I also, I think it was through pregnancy. However, um, my normal, as you, as you probably are aware, thyroid is exactly the same thing. Huge yeah. normal range. And I would say to my GP, don't put me in the bottom of normal because mm -hmm. I do not want to be. So I absolutely get it by what you're saying about the optimization levels. I can't give you the figures, but I know that I'm always quote in the top two thirds. And when I'm not in the top two thirds, I'm, I know I'm not on it. Yeah. Um, well, who, 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 out of us ever wants to just be normal you know surely we all want to be I love that. <laughs> it, it would be like you going to a restaurant with your with your other half and then your friend saying how was it and you go yeah it was it was normal <laughs> well i'm not i'm not going to go there then no i, I <laughs> want to come back and say it was amazing it was brilliant. <laughs> definitely go there so and it's the same with our bodies and our life we want to be optimal we want to be <laughs> the best version of ourselves we don't just want to be in the lower third and just getting by i wish i could i wish i could just swing the camera around now because you don't know this but here we have vitality 40 plus and i've put be the best version of yourself <laughs> that was brilliant i could have just done that we could have just actually pushed that out the line i want to take a photograph and push it off um okay well i we i could be chatting to you forever on this one i'm going to just ask you one thing though um so as a guy if you're not getting much joy from the doctors how am i going to get testosterone um, so it's from the private sector and there are a number of us in the uk that offer hormone optimization therapy and trt um so you know speak to different companies uh, and choose the one that's right for you okay wow thank you so as we wind up because this has just been great and i've learned so much and i'm looking forward to being able to talk a little more and us to collaborate with our menopause and our andropause and we get out there and conquer the world so that every man and woman can actually end up knowing and looking after their bodies so three take-home tips for our listener today please so that, that, that's really easy so testosterone replacement therapy isn't a magic bullet um, it has to be supported by three key pillars which are nutrition exercise and sleep if you haven't got those right, and it doesn't matter what hormones that you're putting into your body, you're still not going to feel optimal. 
Uh, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because that's, you know, everything I preach. Every, and that's how this, all this menopause campaign started, really, because I looked at the holistic version of, of what you're saying and, and said, right, you know, I have the four pillars, which includes anxiety and stress and trauma. If you don't look after yourself, yeah, which is in any age, at any age, because if you're not looking after those four pillars, you're not going to be on that path to well-being. You know, you're not exactly. on that final destination. Exactly. Um, and to probably to explain a little bit more, you know, we, we touched on environmental factors, you know, so if we think about what we're putting into our body from a nourishment point of view, you know, you want to be putting in a healthy food that allows us to build muscle, allows us to, you know, to have a solid cognitive function. You're not putting in foods um, which will uh, become estrogen or hormone disruptors. Some of them we've met yeah. before, you know, organic food with no pesticide on it is going to be better for the body. Um, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli and things like that, uh, and uh, anti-estrogen. So that helps to, a man to keep their testosterone high. If you're not sleeping very well, well, you create testosterone in the testes on the nighttime. So if you're not sleeping well, you're not getting the right level of production. Um, and if you're not doing the right sort of exercise, you're not naturally increasing testosterone. So you want to lift weights to fatigue. That's where you then get this natural production of testosterone or it doesn't have to be weights. It could be um, any exercise to fatigue. So press ups or squats will achieve the same thing. So when you put together these three pillars, you can naturally increase your own levels and stop it reducing and not get into this negative spiral where you're um, tired. So you don't exercise. If you don't exercise, you don't sleep very well. If you don't sleep very well and you're not exercising, you put weight on or belly fat has aromatase in it, which converts any te testosterone you do have into estrogen. Estrogen, remember, is like uh, kryptonite to a man, which then increases your, uh, sorry, lowers your libido, lowers your energy, increases your weight, and you get into this vicious cycle. Um, so testosterone can then, you know, interject, help create a positive spiral, but you must still be focusing on those three factors. Oh, that's, you see, that's really interesting because, um, again, uh, we didn't really uh, touch on that. So that's brilliant to add that in. Well, look, thank you very much, Ross. I really, really appreciate your time. Interesting as ever. I'm so glad we got this chat in. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure, Judy. Cheers. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.